In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Life is full of words. Words that so many people speak to you day in and day out, bantering, baffling, confusing us, wondering what in the world we should listen to, what in the world we should believe. Who do you trust? Who do you listen to? Who is on your, your uh, podcast list? Who do you watch for in the evening news? Who do you listen to in social media? Words, words, everywhere there are words. And who is it that you listen to and cling to? Now you're sitting here today in church and you'll probably say, Pastor, we listen to the Word of God as we're supposed to. But that's in the context of church today. What about outside of the church? What about the politicians? Locally, state, federal, who do you listen to? One side of the aisle versus the other, maybe down the middle. Who is it that you trust that is speaking the truth? As the scriptures say, trust not in princes, they are but mortal. Earthborn they are and soon will decay, they'll die. What about in your health? Which doctor do you listen to? If you go to this particular specialist, maybe you'll say, I don't like what they've said, so you go to maybe a second or a third one. Or maybe you don't even trust the doctors. You go to your pharmacist or somebody else that you know that seems to have better advice. What about with your money? With the stocks and the economy and everything else? Who do you listen to? Who do you listen to even when it comes to this place? The church. The place that you show up to maybe once or a while, maybe every Sunday, maybe for every Bible study, whatever it might be. There's lots of words out there today. There were words that we heard at length today in our readings, especially that Old Testament reading, which took up a couple different pages that reading according to the account of Genesis of the, the creation of our world is very important because you'll notice how God created the world. He speaks. But it's not just that God said, let there be light and it happened and that was like a past event. God's word is continuously active and doing things. When you woke up this morning and maybe you started to see the sun rise or maybe it was already up a little bit, that was God's Word living and active. Let there be light. Now, I know we have the earth that spins around 24 hours and it's night and it's dark and everything else, but God's Word is the author and source in the midst of all of that. And everything that you heard about in creation today, the creeping things, the things in the sea, the things in the air, the trees, the plants, even you and me, all created by God's Word that continues to be living and active, sustaining us day by day. God's Word that we just heard in our readings where we said, this is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We listen and we listen and sometimes we become dull and deaf to what it is that God is saying. 
And it's not until something really bad happens that we turn around and say, Hey, God, are you listening to me? That's what you found in our gospel reading today. This official comes to Jesus and says, My son is ill. Heal him. Cure him. Take away the pain and the sorrow. Do something. And we've been no better. We've cried out to God. We've bartered with God all the same. If you do this for me, I'll do this for you, God. Give me a sign. A large Monty Python hand or foot coming out of the sky that says, do this or go here. I'm still looking for that hand and that foot. This is the same with this official who was at Capernaum. He hears that Jesus is back in town, and he goes to Jesus, and he begs Jesus to come to his house to heal his son. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. Jesus can do this. We're supposed to pray for all things, right? Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. Except Jesus seems to cut this man short. Jesus, heal my son. Unless you see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe. Oh, rut row. What's going on here, Jesus? I've put my faith and trust in you. And he says, no, I see your heart. Unless you see signs and wonders, I have to see it to believe it. It does not matter. He obviously believes. I mean, he came to Jesus asking for healing, right? He wants Jesus to come to his house. Why would Jesus say such a thing? Who knows? This fellow understands that Jesus is holy. He has power, but he doesn't quite get it fully. What does the official ask Jesus to do? Come and heal my son. I want you, Jesus, to come and personally lay your hands on my son. I want you to hear out, hear you speak with a loud crying out voice, be healed so that I can see this happen. I want you to heal him. The thing is, is that Jesus doesn't need to go to this man's house. He doesn't need to walk up to this son of this man and touch him. But this man is insistent. The official said to him, Sir, come down now before my child dies. We're wasting time talking about this, Jesus, when we should be walking. Let's get a move on before my kid croaks. What this fellow completely overlooks is that Jesus doesn't need to go to heal him. Jesus can speak the word, which is living and powerful and active, and it can happen. He just doesn't fully understand how powerful Christ is. So he, in a sense, tries to boss Jesus around. I really hate to sound critical of this guy, but while there is good, while it's good that he knows to go to Jesus, he's trying to micromanage Jesus. People don't like to be micromanaged. They don't like to have people in all of their business asking, what are you doing right now and how is this going? 
He's selling Jesus short. He's not trusting that what Jesus says will actually happen. And it's important for us to be critical of these things, not so that we can sit back with the hindsight of 2020 and say, yeah, get with the program, man, but so that you can turn around and look at your own life and say, where have I trusted fully the Word of God and where have I doubted or not believed? We tend to sell Jesus short and undercut His power or substitute it with our own. We tend to look for things that are more flashy, more glitzy, to think that He can't do things that He says that He will do for us is no different than this man today. So what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, next Sunday as we move over to our glorious sanctuary that we're looking forward to, you're going to see a baptism at the beginning of the service. You're going to see a little baby, a little child with water poured over their head. And you're going to hear the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're going to think, oh, what a cute thing to happen right in the midst of our new sanctuary on Reformation Day. What a glorious thing that is happening here. But Scripture says that this child is sinful, deserving death. But Scripture also says in baptism, that child will now be united with Christ in his death and his resurrection, and that baptism now saves you. Do we look at that baptism and truly wonder and hold fast to the baptism we've been given into Christ? That this baptism daily changes us, who we are and how we live? Or do we look at it as some sentimental occasion that we just kind of do for the sake of just doing it? Either way, the Word of God is living and active and powerful behind it all. The next thing you're going to see next Sunday is the confirmation of two of our youth. Two teenagers in the midst of coming into this place, in the midst of all of the things that they can face in this life, all the different words, all of the different voices that they'll listen to continuously, they're going to come in and confirm what was given in their baptism, just like you and me. They will say in their, bat, their confirmation right that they would give up all, rather even including suffer death, than stray away from this. And we might look at that and say, oh, this is so nice. It's Reformation Day. It's in our new sanctuary. Baptisms and confirmations. There's youth happening of all these things. But I want you to be reminded of what you've said in your own confirmation as well that you would give up all, including suffer even death, then fall away from the words of Jesus. Wonderful things that we should give thanks and praise to for God because His Word continues to dwell amongst us and be living and active. Not just so that we can be obedient little children of God, but so that we may know that we have forgiveness, life, and salvation. Forgiveness of those worst sins that you don't want anybody to know about. The worst sins that you could ever think about. Forgiveness available for everybody around us who's caught up in all of those pet sins that we love to crucify people with. Words that are attached to bread and to wine as you come to this table where Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. And we may look at this and say... 
I'm not sure about this. Are you sure this is what it actually is? And Jesus says, yes. Well, how do we know? Because I said so. This word takes over every word and voice that you hear today. And it doesn't just lead you into the path of salvation. It changes you. It changes you and directs you to go out and be the people of God who are full of salt and light and mercy for everybody around you. And you might say, well, this is incredibly hard to do, but Jesus says, my word goes with you. The word of the Lord will abide forever with you. Whoever abides in me and I in him, they will have fruit and they will have everlasting life. Because what the words that Jesus told the official are the same words that he tells you today. Go, you will live. That's what forgiveness is. That's what the gospel is. That's what the, everything that happens in this place is all about. It's simply Jesus saying to you, I know the mess of this world. I know the dangers. I know the temptations. I know the power of sin. And I've seen it all. Go, you will live. Go with confidence and peace to face down anything in this life because you will live. When Jesus goes to the cross, he is facing down all the junk and the trash we see in life. All the junk and the trash that we ourselves have submerged ourselves with. The stuff that we don't talk about. The stuff that is stuck in our closets. Jesus stares down and takes upon himself and he lets the world do its worst to him. And he lets the world kill him and crucify him in the most cruel of ways. He takes the wages of sin upon himself and he speaks those words that you know so well. Forgive them for they know not what they do. He rises victoriously over sin and death and the world and all of its junk tried to destroy him, but yet he strides on out of the tomb to look to you and to me and say, go, you will live. Do you feel your own body turning against you? Jesus says, go, you will live. You will live eternally even if you are to die here. You will live again because Christ's life will not be broken. You're going to live a much better life in the resurrection than you do now. Do you look around and see friendships and relationships broken and marred, suffering or maybe even destroyed? Jesus says, go, you will live. For even if your father or your mother have abandoned you, even if your siblings have abandoned you, even if your dearest friends have abandoned you, you have been baptized in the Christ Jesus and made part of this family who bears with you in your burdens. 
Do you see things wrong in this world? If you don't, please come talk to me because I'd like to know what you see. Jesus says, go, you will live. You inherit a new heaven and a new earth. Do you see your own sin weighing you down, causing shame and guilt? Jesus says, go, you will live because you are forgiven. Your sin is done away with. It's destroyed. You have received the life of the world to come. I can't understand these things. I don't understand half these words that we hear. I can't imagine what it will be like to be in a body that isn't falling apart or that has hair. To no longer have sinful desires clinging to me. I don't get what this can be like, but Jesus says it in His Word. This is what He's promised. So that as we go about our lives here, we believe, we trust in His Word. For He is true God And what he says is true. And he says that you will live. And that is the truth and the joy that no one can take from you. Why? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.